Second, restart. Today on Lockdown Red Wings, despite a third period push, Detroit couldn't overcome their abysmal second. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And guys, we've got a lot to get to in today's episode. Uh, a lot to talk about in this you know, five to four loss to the Dallas Stars. Uh, obviously, Alex Debrinkit finished, you know, broke his drought. Are we wizards? It's very possible. Uh, the power play just killed it. Alex Lyon got pulled. And then Cider and Wallman getting like next to no even strength minutes comparative to the other demon. Some weird stuff went on winning on this hockey game. Uh, but they still managed to make it interesting at the end. But before we get to any of that, first of all, Scotty, how are you doing? Happy Wednesday. Yeah, man. Doing well. Doing yep. uh, doing pretty well. Obviously, a, a lot, like you said, a lot to talk about in this game. Um, what else happened? A lot of Tiger stuff randomly, so kind of was busy there. Hall of Fame inductions. No so, Gary Sheffield. Kind of, Yeah, no Gary Sheffield, man. Um. Yeah, hopefully they can uh, right or wrong. Still got to get Lou Whitaker in there, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, pretty good. Um, on top of that, quick reminder before we get into it, Michael Rasmussen gave you a stick giveaway. I'll try not to give myself a splinter this time. It's still in there, by the way. I never got it out. Um, but you can see here, you don't want to use it. Try to get it closer to the camera. This is collector item only. You can see kind of here on camera. If I'm not super blurry to everyone today, I don't know what's going on yesterday. No, no, it's it's much better today. But uh, it's it's got a big old crack right here. So collector only. I mean, if you want to use it, use it at your own <laughs> uh, own peril. But this came courtesy of the Little Caesar in a team store. Authentic director Matt. He hooked me up with it. If you guys want to look more into authentics, game used, autographed, Hockey Town Authentics at inside Little Caesar in a team store is the place to go. Shout out, Matt. I really appreciate him hooking me up. And if you guys want to enter the sweepstakes for that hockey stick, and it's running until the end of Friday, February 2nd, I believe is that Friday, all you got to do is find the community post uh, that is on our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe, comment, subscribe, and then fill out the Google form that I linked. The Google form just you know helps accrue the data, so it's easy for me to do the sweepstakes a lot easier than how I used to be doing it, let me tell you, uh, because it just... I have all the data, so it'll it'll be a lot easier for me. So pre, please fill that out. Once you do those three easy steps, you'll be entered. Again, it's a community post on our YouTube page. Just go find it, subscribe, fill out the form. That's basically it. Really easy. Uh, so, yes, Scotty, we're three and a half minutes in. Let's dive into the game. First things first, what is your one word to describe this hockey game? Uh <laughs> That's a that's a that's a great question. Um, second, <laughs> I mean, like the oh, second period oh, just completely. Yeah. I mean, completely derailed the entire game. Uh, I I 
obviously we'll break down everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I thought the first period was pretty relatively even, uh, you know, maybe a couple of runs by either team. I thought Dallas had a, had a nice stretch there in the first. We'll talk about Lyon just overall. There was one glaring thing in my eyes that uh, really caused him to, to struggle in this game. Obviously, the second period, the Wings were – were they up 2-1 to one or was it 2-2 two, two going they into – They were up 2-1 going into the second period. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously it was 5-2 then after the second period. And um, – yeah, and then the third period, I actually thought the, I mean, you know, kind of that desperation style that we've talked about the last couple of games, uh, and how other teams are doing that against the Wings. It was nice to see. Well, I don't know. You'd, you'd rather be winning, obviously, but uh, the Wings really applied a lot of applied a lot of pressure, and uh, I, I thought the offense was firing on all cylinders, and they were obviously getting a lot of opportunities there in the third period as they played kind of desperation hockey. Um, but yeah, man, just, uh, it was really that second period was just uh, abysmal. And, uh, if, if you have anything else you want to say in like the general nebs and flow of the game, like obviously go for it. But, uh, I, I mean, Alex Lyon, you know, we, we talk about how, uh, you know, different strengths and weaknesses for goalies. And, and this hasn't been something that at least I have noticed him like struggling in amongst, you know, this season or anything. Um, there was negative rebound control in, in this hockey game. Uh, I mean, this was like the, and the stars knew it. Like they, they, that was clearly, even when they weren't scoring off of it, they were still just firing it at the pads and getting, you know, a rebound, another opportunity. It goes just wide. There was one where um, uh, Robertson just whiffed on a rebound. That was like, he had the wide open net. Uh, multiple of the goals came on rebounds. Like that was clearly the game plan uh and they executed it beautifully uh so i guess credit where credit is due to the opponent there but uh, yeah man he struggled mightily in uh in that regard uh, the stars were just peppering the pads with uh with shots and they were just getting perfect setup after perfect setup after perfect setup with that strategy and uh yeah they uh obviously again the wings made it close but they uh, they put up a five piece and and got your goalie pulled. Yeah, so my word would be either outmatched or mismatched uh, in this yeah. game because it was weird all game long, especially in the second period. The Red Wings came out and 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 I'll get to your Lion thing in a second because you bring up a really good point and there's a conversation to be had about Alex Lyon in this game as I think he gave us probably and he's had bad games with the Red Wings already but I think this might have been his worst in the 17 games he's played now. But the first period, the Red Wings came out and they were aggressive on the forecheck. They were getting a lot of opportunities they weren't finishing on and they were forcing turnovers. And that's the big thing. And they mentioned on the broadcast, the amount of turnovers the Red Wings were forcing, especially in the offensive zone, turning to scoring opportunities that they either got the shot off on, didn't get the shot off on, or just missed the net altogether. It was frustrating because, like, they were they they could have been up in this period by the end of the period three to one, four to one, if they had not blown those opportunities, but they couldn't bury them. Thankfully, the power play did convert. But I want to I want to before I get into that, I want to respond to your lion comments because you know you brought him up first, and that's fair to that's fair to bring up. And I noticed it too. His rebound control in this game 
was really bad. It, it the defense was. didn't do many favors, right? No. I mean, there was one of the goals was uh, Clean Costin just like was gonna clear the puck and it just got swiped off his stick and and put it. You know what I mean? Like it, that that's not a hundred percent on the goalie, <clears throat> which is something we bring up a lot on this show is like giving everyone the fair share of credit or blame when it comes to uh, to goals against. But I mean, golly, if they weren't just like I said, just flinging it on net because they knew that it was going to set up a rebound opportunity on the opposite end of the ice. Yeah. I mean, one bad game doesn't mean I'm off the Alex Lyon hype train, so to speak, but it was, he had a negative 2.49 goals saved above expected, which means he let in two and a half more goals than what was expected given the shot selection. And yeah, the pad, the rebound control was bad. The, the reaction time was wonky too on one of those goals. I believe it was the second goal that they scored. Uh, the Mason Marchment, like 22 seconds into the second period, he got over on the yeah. shot, on, on on the rebound, and for whatever reason, it went off his pad, off of his chest, off of his elbow, and in. Like, mm-hmm. that's one he should have had. It's one he would want it back. The Essa Lindell one, like, yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's not completely Alex Lyon's No, fault. not at all. He had a poor game, but so did everyone staying in front of him. The yeah. forts and the defenders. Three of those Did goals. He drop his stick a lot, by the he way. Did. I noticed that too. Not, but it, that's like a that is a season thing. He's been doing that all year, and it's it it's weird. Like it hasn't really cost him. Like there hasn't really been too many situations where you're like, oh no, but like it happens like like a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it happened. Uh, it happened in this game too. It's just a weird thing to notice, but but like the Essa Lindell one, like that's completely on Clem Costin. Yeah. Like Clem Costin, rather, like the puck was right there on his stick, and he just Literally. didn't clear it out fast enough. And I'm sorry, it was the Rupe Hintz goal, not the Essa Lindell. Rupe Hintz literally just, in one singular motion, stole the puck off his stick and put it five on Lion. And I was confused by that. I'm like, how did that end up in the back of the net? Because I'm watching Costin. I'm like, he cleared it. Everyone assumed he cleared it, and then all of a sudden, everyone's celebrating. Like, what's going on? Puck with the other way. Because Rupe Hintz, and Rupe Hintz is, is, is freaking fantastic. And that's the other part too, right? The second goal that Rupe Hintz had, why did that happen? Another turnover by the offense. Dylan Larkin, and I love Larkin. He can he continued his nine-game uh, nine point streak in this one with a power play goal in the third. Abysmal turnover near the end of the second period with five minutes yeah. left in the second, I believe. Just passed it right to their team. They, they circled back before leaving the zone, and Rupe Hintz just rifled it past the glove hand of Alex Lyon. So, yeah, there were, I think, at least, I, I would say the Essa Lindell goal was one that Lyon should have had back, but it's hard to, you can't blame him 100%, but he was not part of the solution either. Sure. He had a bad game, but so did everyone in front of him. That second period was just a complete breakdown on all fronts for the Detroit Red Wings. And I guess that's, we'll continue that conversation in this, in the second segment, if you want, Scotty. I mean, this going to be probably that and the third period push are probably going to be the biggest things we talk about in this yeah, game. For sure. So uh, stay tuned for that in segment two. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
And Indeed doesn't help you hire fast, doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employees agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I won't talk your guys' ears off. I've mentioned it a thousand times. I'll just briefly go over it. When I worked as an assistant manager at Little Caesars Arena, or when I was the manager at Hockey Town Authentics, rest in peace, uh, we used Indeed to hire. It was the thing, the, the software we used, the website we used, because it just made it so simple to look at all of the candidates that wanted the job and fill that need very fast, especially at LCA, where you have to employ 40 to 50 people, and there's a lot of turnover season to season. Indeed, it made it easy to fill our needs. So if you're looking to hire, go to Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visit visibility at Indeed.com slash Lockdown. Just go to Indeed.com slash Lockdown right now and support our show by saying you heard it, heard about it, heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed, you do. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I can't play the the banner anymore. Yeah, we have an official. We have banner an actual. Uh, yeah, thing. I appreciate you doing that for me. By the way, I, I put it. I put it up, and then I was like, "Oh shoot, I I can't put it up anymore. I yeah. have to have to take it down." Scott Bentley is our our uh, our official ban official banner boy for the podcast. Yes, this is he my usually favorite. helps me out. Thank you, thank you for that. Everyone knows that for those who are listening and not watching, he he made a custom Brian is bald LOLs uh, for the podcast. It is it. my favorite thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. You'll be laughing your way to the unemployment line here in a second. Anyways, <laughs> segment two, locked on Red Wings Red podcast. Wings. Uh, Red, yeah. The, the first period, for what it's worth, I thought the Red Wings were doing everything right, not getting rewarded on it outside the power play, and mm -hmm. in period two, the Dallas Stars. Uno, Uno reverse card, the Detroit Red Wings. Everything the Red Wings were doing right, the Dallas Stars did. They were just forcing turnover over turnover. And we kind of already touched on that with the, the goals that Alex Lyon did. He ended up getting pulled at the start of the third, or I guess in the intermission, Alex uh, James Reimer was the goal at the start of the third period. But just, I mean, when it comes to one period of hockey, I think that might be, and the recency bias is the thing, but I think that might have been the worst single period of hockey I'd seen the Red Wings play all season. For you went in that period up to one, came out of it down, what five to two? Five two, <laughs> yeah. Four goals against in one period. It yeah, was you. You, really you lost the period for nothing. Yeah, it's certainly not great. Yeah, and I think Mickey Redmond said it best. It was, I think he said, the Dallas Stars are. Sieging, sieging the Red Wings or something along those lines. It's a siege against the Red Wings. And in the second period alone, and I'll throw up the Corsi map here for you guys in a second, the Stars had 62.5% of the Corsi 4 percentage. They had an 80% of the expected goals 4 percentage. And again, and that's at 5-on-5. Five five. The Corsi 4 is the shot attempts, and the expected goals 4 is the quality shot attempts. So they had an 80% share of the quality shot attempts in the second period. That was the only period in which the Dallas Stars had over 50% at Corsi 4 percentage, and they still finished the game with over 50 because they were so dominant in that second period. Just, I mean, it completely changed the outlook of the game. And while the Red Wings lead the league in third period comebacks or comebacks in general, whatever it is, yeah, it was third period, it was, yeah. It was a mountain of a comeback to try and 
and try and come back from it. And they almost did it. To their Still credit. almost did it. Yeah. Respect. Uh, credit where credit's due. They they put a lot of pressure on him in the third period. And uh, yeah, they were, what, a foot probably away from having a, a tie game at one point with that offsides goal that was called back. So um, yeah, man, I, a lot of pressure in the third. Obviously, they have proven time and time again that they can come back in the third, which is good. You know, you you know, you want to be a team that is able to uh, to fight and in, in late in the game, and that you know if you're you know down late that it's not necessarily over. That's all good stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, th- this was a a massive deficit and hole that they dug themselves into in this one. Yeah, I mean you can see and and to note like there was a one shift where the Red Wings were cycling the puck, getting shot attempts in the second. You can see it here on this graph where it comes back to the Red Wings side and then just falls off a cliff. Uh, the shot attempts just began to pour on. The turnovers began to t- pour on. That's when they scored two more goals. And then the third period, the Red Wings had <laughs> the Red Wings had fifty-six uh, percent of the shot attempts in the third period alone. And just, I mean, there's not really much to go over. They were just absolutely dominated in the second period. I guess we can move on to the third period or specific players, maybe, Scotty, that you want to talk about uh, in this hockey game. Obviously, we're wizards, right? We have to be wizards (laughs) at this point. We talked about in the, we just talked about yesterday, Alex Dabrinkit was on a 11-game goal drought, and he had scored just what eight goals in 36 games since his nine and seven start something along those lines. And then what did he do today? He scored on the power play. Beautiful sure shot did. too. Sure did. Yeah, man. I, I, I think it's funny. Uh, I, you know, it, it's, uh, it's become some sort of a joke now amongst the, uh, this show's listenership and community. And I think it's hilarious. We, you know, Anytime we do a show on somebody, now it's just expected that they're going to have a really good game, which I'm fine with. I, I'll, I'll, you know, we, we can talk about everybody on the roster. We can uh, we start talking about everyone and just have them, you know, kind of snap in their next game. I'm, I'm all about that. If it helps the wings, I'm, I'm willing to pay the price. So. Right. We just got to figure out who the next target of ours is, you know, who's right. in the crosshair. <laughs> but who's, I who's ended next? Up- yeah, but um good for him man hopefully it's uh yeah a sign of things to come kind of keep the ball rolling kind of thing well on that top line because he ended up in the third period because they wanted to shake things up part of that third period push you wanted to you wanted to switch things up he ended up on the top line he replaced yeah. david perron who also had a power play goal he and perron to bring it and perron both had beautiful shots for both their power play goals right as time expired in the first period the feed to to that behind the back feed from uh, Daniel Sprong was nasty on the power play. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, David Perron had, or I'm sorry, Lucas Raymond had two points. He had two assists. Alex Dabrinka had a goal and an assist. And Dylan Larkin continued his nine-game point streak with a power play goal in the third and an assist of his own on the JT Comfer goal. So Dylan Larkin, again, continues to kind of fly under the radar, it almost feels, this season because the scoring has been so spread out. Um, he's now two points above a point per game. He's been really good. The only problem is in these last couple of games is the turnovers. He's had some really egregious turnovers. Yeah. But outside of that, <laughs> he's putting the puck in the back of net, back of the net, or helping so. So it's it's 
a little bit of give and take with him right now, but he's still been producing, and it's nice that Alex Dabrinkit finally got on the score sheet as well. For sure. Yeah, man. Uh, 100%. I, You know, th- there's still a lot of... I, I don't want to call it, like, decisions that have to be made is not really what I'm going for, but there's... Uh, there's still a lot of potential for movement, I guess I'll put it that way, in that top six, right? I mean, there's still they're still trying to find like the spot that gets the most out of Debrinket. Obviously, when Kane was playing, that was kind of the go-to thing. But now with Kane being hurt, obviously, they're back to kind of where they were pre-Kane, which is, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was setting the world on fire with Larkin and whatnot. But then yeah, until he started that lull before the Wings had signed Kane. And so uh, there's still just a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of potential for movement uh, kind of in that top six and just seeing all of the different decisions, whether that's in-game or going into a game or whatever, as uh, has been, I, I guess, kind of interesting is, is the way I want to put it. But uh, really, I mean, Dabrinkit is is just kind of the easy person to highlight when having that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's also a conversation we should have in the third segment about the usage of and this is one, another thing when we talk about matchups, right? Cider and Wallman getting the fewest amount of ice time at even strength was the bizarrest thing I had ever seen uh, in this game. But just before we go to segment three, real quick, uh, a little bow on the second period was the stars in this hockey game at all strengths had 13 shots in the first and third period combined. In the second period, they had 25 shots. They nearly doubled their shot attempts in the second period over the first and third combined. That's how dominant they were in the second period. It was ugly. Uh, But anyways, we'll take a quick break. When we return, let's talk Wallman and Sider because that was weird. Stay tuned. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the NHL season. In fact, it's over the halfway point of the NHL season. Got to update that. Regardless of where the Red Wings are in the current standings, I want to remind you guys that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Kucherov, Crosby, McKinnon, Ovechkin will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win a 100-time bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can earn 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention. And nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, Moritz Sider and Jake Woolman, after putting up 25 minutes of total ice time against the Tampa Bay Lightnings played just 14 minutes and 22 seconds at five on five for, for Wallman and fifteen fifty two for Moritz Sider, the fewest out of any defenseman on the team. What? Why? Like, I don't have a better way of setting it up than going, why 
did our best pairing defenseman play the fewest amount of minutes at even strength? And that's like my biggest problem with this hockey game. We saw how Cider, I think I do know why I have an, a theory at least. We saw how effective, you got an email by the way, we saw how effective Cider and Woolman were against Nikita Kucherov versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kucherov played 18 minutes at five on five that game. Cider Woman played 15 of those minutes with Kucherov against him, and they held that line and the Lightning to one goal. So why then, two days later, did they play the fewest amount of minutes at five on five? And just behind Justin Hole, total for time on the ice in this game. I, yeah. I don't I don't understand. I have yeah, man, I uh, the only explanation I have is a is a matchup, uh, and, and that's something that we really the last couple of weeks have seen them really match up Cider specifically with a certain skater, right? Anytime he's on the ice, Cider's on the ice, kind of thing, um, and, uh, and and we've highlighted all of those, and and really that that's that's the only thing that I can really think of. I, I know we had a conversation off air before about um, just like, you know, really taxing game, maybe on a back, not it's, this isn't a back to back, but you know, from one game to the next uh, after getting used a lot in the last game, maybe they want to ease them up and give them a little bit of a, a breather and, and turn their usage down a little bit more. I, I just, I I don't see like that perspective personally. Like I, I think that like Wallman hasn't been playing. So I, I don't, I can't imagine that they're like, unless he's still like sick or something. Like I can't imagine that they're like, Oh, we're, you know, afraid that we're using Wallman too much. He's played like two games this month. So like, I, I can't imagine that it's that. Uh, and, and then like cider, I mean, when have they ever cared about using Moritz Sider too much? Like, they literally had the Iron Man graphic today. He hasn't missed a game yet in his career. Like, I don't think they're really too worried about either of those players getting used too much lately, especially with the day off in between. It's not like it was a back-to-back. I, I, The only thing that makes sense to me is, is they saw a matchup where they really preferred uh, Ghost and, and Petrie, I guess, on the ice more. Um, is the only thing that really makes sense to me. But yeah, very noticeable thing in this game that uh, was, uh, I don't know if frustrating is the right word, but definitely was a head-scratcher. So Cider still played. Cider and Woman still played. Let me restart. Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson, of the ice time they played, Mort Cider of any Red Wing shared the most ice time with both those guys. Yeah, yeah. Like th- So there was still clearly a mandate of making sure more et cetera, more and Jake Wallman more often than not was out there with the best line against, but it just sure. wasn't to the degree we saw last time. And I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I was concerned after the Nikita Kucherov game, they would run them into the ground like 25 minutes when, because, and a lot of the big part of the last game, why he was playing 25 minutes is Ben Sherratt was out and love him or hate him. I know I've been generally more critical on Ben Sherratt. He has been the second most consistent defenseman on this yeah. team or I guess third most, behind Wallman and Cider. He is dependable. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's And you, you know he can play big minutes for this hockey team. With him out, that meant that Cider had to play even more tough minutes. 
So that's why it's weird to me that when a guy like Jason Robertson plays 15 minutes, you don't get the same. It, it was more evenly distributed, the usage. But you would think that then the trade-off would be that, okay, if you're going to give, if you're going to tone it down the amount of time, still leading the, the matchups against Robertson, but you're going to tone back the amount of time he spends against Robertson and Hints, that maybe that would mean he gets more time against lesser opponents to try and open up that scoring aspect of Wallman and Sider, try and let them dominate against lesser opponents. But that clearly didn't happen because of the fact that they had the fewest amount of time on the ice at even strength, which is why I know you said you don't think it's this, but that's why for me personally, I think it was like, they're just trying to break. They don't want to run Wallman and Sider in the ground. 25 minutes is a lot for a 22-year-old or 23-year-old, however old Sider is. They don't want to burn him out. So maybe they were just trying to give him a day off. But that just seems, if that is the reason, it's really silly given the fact that the Red Wings are in the middle of a playoff hunt. So while like I don't want to burn Sider out, what other choice do you have, right? Like if you, you don't yeah. want to run him in the ground, but what other choice do you have? And it's an interesting choice that I don't think is the main cause for the Red Wings' abysmal second period, but I do think that it played a role, so to speak. And this isn't like uh, he had abysmal second period, so they sat him for the third. Looking at the statistics after the first and the second, like a bulk majority of the big minutes went to Shane Gossespierre and Justin Hall or Jeff Petrie and Olimata, and you're like, why are these guys getting more minutes than your reliable sixth overall pick from 2019. I just, I can't make sense of it. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I don't really have too much else to add. I, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me for it to be a like low to management type of thing. So I like, I, I just don't, I, that, that doesn't compute at all in my head, but um I don't know if, if it was a, a matchup thing or a stylistic thing. Um, it certainly didn't work the first 40 minutes. So <laughs> it was. And listen, I'm not like heartbroken over this game. The Red Wings have been playing really well right now. They're seven, two and one in January. Yeah. They've launched same, themselves. This is, this, <laughs> this is another really good hockey team. And, and the wings have given themselves a little bit of a cushion for, you know, a game like this against a really good hockey team. So. If they start, if this becomes a trend, then it's a different conversation. Sure. But this, as it stands in January, is a one-off. And they played really good 40 minutes just outside of an absolutely abysmal second. So I'm not like, even though I'm very passionate about the Wolman Cider thing, because I just don't understand it. And like, if somebody can maybe explain it to me in simple terms in the comments, I would appreciate that, because I just <laughs> don't get it. But outside of that, like, it is what it is. These games happen, and they'll be fine. Uh, the last thing I have on here as we approach or just cross the 30-minute mark, Scotty, power play three for four against the third okay. best penalty kill. That power play was clicking, and power play one and two was clicking. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Larkin was great. Um, just like positioning wise, I uh, I think that I mean just since you and I have been hosting this show together, we've had uh, a plethora of episodes just like breaking down you know, the, the power play and who should be positioned where and how to like fix it at one point when it was struggling right a year and a half ago and like all this stuff. And I, I just, I, I feel like 
you you finally are in a place where you've surrounded Larkin with some talent where some of the pressure is off of him to do literally everything on the power play. And um, I, I just thought this entire game, he was uh, he was really stellar out there on it. And just, again, positioning-wise. Um, so, yeah, but, I, I mean, obviously, credit to everybody. What, did they go three for four? I mean, yeah. uh, the only one they a didn't great score night on, at the office. So The only one they didn't score on was the one that they got at the very end of the game with, like, 30 seconds left. Right, the yeah. Delay a game. Yeah, the delay um, a game. Yeah. Also, Lucas Raymond has been feeling himself recently. He's been playing with so much yeah. more swagger and confidence. I Whenever he gets in on a one-on-one or two-on-one even, it feels like there is a – I feel a vibe that he's going to find a way to get around, and then he always cuts to the net. Like he's just yeah. obviously he had a great assist on this one. I was actually about ready to yell at him to shoot it because he curled away from the defender and got into the circle all alone. And I was like, gonna be like shoot. And then he made a beautiful dime pass to Dylan Larkin in the slot for Larkin's power play goal. But he's been playing really good hockey, kind of underrated. I feel like the last few games, and he's on, of course, still on pace for breaking his uh, career high in points. So just give him a shout out. I like it. I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's been someone that, again, not only in this game, but really the last few uh, that we've been talking about a lot, which is always good. Absolutely. Uh, so, Scotty, any final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so, man. We ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow as we preview the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Stay tuned for that. Same time, same place, your team, every day. Every day.